chapter 24, page 689. Before we read, let me just preface the message by saying if you wasn't here this morning, uh, you might want to get the CD of the message. I'll begin a, just a little short series, about four parts, on the house that wisdom builds. And this morning we looked at the house that wisdom builds endures. And we started with the foundation. We looked in Matthew chapter 7. The man that built his house on the rock, the rain came, the storms came, the wind blew, but he stood. That was the wise man who heard and did something with what he heard. Then we looked at the foolish man that heard the same thing but said, No, not for me. And the storms came and the winds came and the winds blew and it fell and the Bible says great was the fall of it. We looked at the wise man and the foolish man. I thank God that some were wise and some are wise building their house upon the rock. But we want to continue that thought tonight on the house that wisdom builds with part number two. And that is on the eve of this, of our children going back to school. Now we have some kids, it's already started in Christian school, but most of our kids here are going to public school and they'll start school tomorrow. I want to look at the house that educates. The house that educates. Stand with me in Proverbs 24. Begin verse number 3. Through wisdom is a house build it and by understanding it is established that word build it and established are the same word fixed, solid I mean a good solid foundation by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches a wise man is strong yea a man of knowledge increaseth strength Go to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to help us again. Brother Zeke, how about you praying? Amen, yes. Amen. Be seated. Our text makes at least three references to the importance of a learning process. Verse 3, by understanding it is established. Verse 4, by knowledge shall the chambers be filled. Verse 5, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. When wisdom builds a house, he builds a house where... Education is a vital component of thy home. Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning. 
And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Proverbs 24, 6, By wise counsel thou shalt make war, and in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Charles Spurgeon said, The doorstep to the temple of wisdom is the knowledge of our own ignorance. Let me, read, let me show that again. The doorstep to the temple of wisdom is the knowledge of our own ignorance. The Bible is filled with many, many references to the importance of learning. Proverbs alone is one of, as a matter of fact, the book of Proverbs was written to young people. Uh, if you want a book for, for young people to, to read to your children, read them the book of Proverbs. It was a book written to a man writing to his son, to young people. And he is filled with learning. Knowledge is mentioned 41 times. Learning four times. Instruction 25 times. Understanding 53 times. Foolish mentioned 13 times. And wisdom is mentioned 53 times. One thing for certain, wisdom doesn't build a home or house on ignorance. Foolishness and confusion. Wisdom. Wisdom builds a house on the importance of learning, knowing, and understanding. And all, don't miss this, being teachable. Well, if I have one heart cry tonight, on the eve of our children going back to school, we'll have a very special time of prayer for them. I want to be teachable. How many of you want to be teachable? You, you, not, you don't know everything. Amen. Uh, how many, when you were young, you thought you knew everything till you got old enough to realize you didn't know everything? <laughs> Amen. I love this. I meet with young couples getting married. And uh, I say, well, now, do you know him? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Ask him five years, did you know him? No, no, no. So that we, I, I want to always be teachable. And there ought to be something in the heart to always be teachable. And I'm not talking about a genius or having a high IQ. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having the desire to know more and understand the important things of life. Albert Einstein said this. I'm not, it's not that I'm so smart. But I stay with the question much longer. It's not that I am so smart. It's that I stay with the question much longer. We're to have a home that honors God and reflect godly wisdom that's from above. We're to have a home that's an atmosphere of always learning. Now... I'm probably going to mess some of you up with this statement. Don't mean to. And I know we got teachers in our, in our congregation. We're on the eve of school starting. But may I remind you, it's not the job of the school to necessarily the sole, be the sole teacher of our children. Would you please find a reference in the Word of God where God said, School, I want you to teach your children. 
I find a whole lot of references to you and I, the responsibility. I realize I praise God for schools and teachers, and we're blessed in our area to still have some pretty conservative schools. And, uh, and, and I thank God for that. And some good teachers, I thank God for that. I really do. But may I remind you, the sole responsibility to teaching our children falls to you and I as parents and as grandparents to teach our children. It's not the jobs, it's not the schools necessarily the job, it's not the Sunday school's job, it is our job to teach our children. You say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, let's listen to what the Bible says, Deuteronomy 6 and 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Well, that's a good, solid foundation. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy head, and thou shalt be as frontlets between thine eyes, and I shall write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Now I need every young person to look at me that's not married, that does not have a family. When I get done tonight, don't you dare go home and look your mom and daddy in the face and say, you have failed. Shut up. You've no right to do that. Well, I'm just going to really mess you up tonight, ain't that's the reason I'm the pastor and you're not. You're afraid to do this. I'm not. Shut up until you have your family, you have your yahoos to deal with, you raise a family, you pay the bills, you raise a home, you've got no right to look mom and daddy and say, you have failed. That's not your job. And you've got no right to do that. Amen? Amen. We okay? Have I messed some of you up? I hope not. But if it is, it'll help you. Somehow or another, we've given, I love our young people. I love these children. I do. I really do. We invest a lot of money around here with Patch Club and the bus. I mean, we, we spend it out the yin yang to try to and, and filter their lives and teach them something. But I, I tell you, I, I, I will not, I do not tolerate a young and look at their moms and dads said, no, no, you made a mistake, you did wrong. No, we've all failed. We've all failed. I'm going to get to the message in a minute. Don't, hang on. We've all failed. There's not a parent here that if you'd be honest, you can look back over your life and say, boy, I, I tell you, I, Hey, some things I've done, I, I would to God I could take back and, and didn't do everything perfect. Ever so often my children now that are grown children will remind me, but, but the truth is, overall, they had it made, just didn't know it. Amen. They had a good home. They had a good, and for the most part, our children in here have good homes and good lives and, and most of them just don't even know it. So the reality is, when we go through this, I want to remind you, this is not for you to go home and, and accuse your parents of anything. I don't hear that, all right? Number one, let me say, let's educate our children on morality. On morality. 
There's a lot of emphasis in the book of Proverbs on you and I teaching our children morals. Not only in the book of Proverbs, but in the book of Psalms. Psalms 112, he said, verse 1, that delighteth in his commandments. Verse 2, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Verse 3, the righteous endureth forever. Verse 4, unto the upright there ariseth light, he, he is righteous. Verse 6, the righteous shall be in the everlasting remembrance. Verse 9, his righteousness endureth forever. Whenever wisdom builds a house, it teaches our morals, our values to our children. Now, I, oh, I, I might need protection after service is over. But I'm not going to let some earring wearing, breeches down to the ankles, hair green and blue, teach my children the values they need to learn. Well, I'm gonna be, we're gonna be in, they'll be out front shooting at me. But the truth is, if you don't teach them values, those at school will teach them values. Some reprobate will teach them their values. I want to teach the values to my children as they grow up. My, uh, the house that wisdom builds teaches values, the morality. And teaching them what's right and wrong. Don't wait till somebody else is teaching them what's right and wrong. Our little old 14 or 15 year old doesn't know what's right and wrong totally. They're, they're really messed up. Some of them. I mean, uh, listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 1.10. It tells us the right crowd and the wrong crowd. My son, if sinners entice thee, Consent thou not. Can I put that down in good uh, old-fashioned language? Hey, boys, if somebody says, here, let's go smoke dope or drink liquor, you tell them no. Hey, young ladies, some boy says, if you love me, you'll, you'll get in the back sleep and sleep with me. Tell him no. It means consent not to that crowd. Teach them. And by the way, they are bold to do that You've got to be bold in teaching them. You've got to be bold in teaching them. Don't wait around. Those are right activities and wrong activities. Verses chapter 1 verse 11. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us look privately in the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and hold as uh, as those that go down into the pit, we shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot with us. Let us all have one price. Here's the question. We're going to go rob somebody. Hey, get in on with us. We, we make a lot of money. We can get. Said, That's what they're saying. They're right activities and wrongs. There's a right path and a wrong path. Verse 15. My son. Walk not thou on the way with them, refrain thy foot from their path. God was so merciful to me. I, hallelujah, praise God, He was so merciful for me. 
Because I ran with a boy that could have wound me up in prison. He killed a man and wound up in prison. He's dead now. Died in a little bitty pull-behind trailer. Died a few years ago. But God in His grace and mercy, in spite of everything, protected me. I've thought about that so many times. I, I praise God for how He protected me and kept me. Oh, I mean, we've done, we done some stupid stuff. I, I, I never forget one time he got mad at his boy and went to his daddy's house and got a gun, uh, a, a three fifty seven, and he said, I'm going to go back and shoot him. And, and, I, and I talked him out of it. Boy, had I not done that, we wouldn't have, he would have shot him. And guess what? I'd been with him. Oh, don't miss this. It's, it's real stuff. In chapter 5, it warns the danger of strange woman and the sin of adultery. My son, attend to thy wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding. He goes in chapter 5 talking about that, that woman to stay away from. They ain't dressed right. And not doing right. He said this in verse 23. He shall die without instruction and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. Can I, can I just, we need to teach our children when they commit sin of, uh, of fornication, sex before marriage or after adultery when they're married, all that thing just leads to heartache and, and it leads, and it, we need to teach them that leads to heartache and trouble. Never to own no happiness. We must be consistent in standard of morality in our home to be effective in our teaching. I, I, I don't know how to put it to you any better. You can't tell your kids, don't you cuss. If they hear you get mad and cuss every time you turn around. You can't, you can't teach a boy. You can't teach a boy to treat a girl right if you're beating on your wife. Ladies, you better listen to me. I'm going to try to help you. You can't teach a young lady to be the godly wife she needs to be if you're rebelling to your husband at home. Now, I know that's not popular today. I know that's not. But I'm trying to teach some families how to have a good, solid marriage. I want you to ask my children. I don't care. You stop right, I'd stop right now. And ask my children, does your father love their mother? Does he? And they would probably say something, or I think they would say something, I hope they would say something, like, tell you the truth, he just, does everything for her. Give her anything. I'm telling you, it's his big business. And we can't teach morality in, in, to our children if we're not having morality in our homes. You know, you, you, can't, uh, uh, you can't teach the right music if you're listening to the wrong music. 
And so we've got to educate our children on morality. I don't want the schools to decide moralities. We're teaching our children about this homosexual lifestyle. I've had many discussions with Elijah on this homosexual lifestyle, why it's wrong, why it's against God, why it's against nature, and, and the wrong of... I don't want them to tell him what, the, what it's all about. So we need to educate them on the morality, a godly morality. All right, well, if you didn't like that one, you're surely not going to like this one. We need to educate our children on money. Oh, I know... Now listen, I, I told you 20 years ago, and I think it's a good time to reiterate, you've got a pastor that does not have any fear of talking to you about money whatsoever. I don't have no fear about The Bible talks about money more than it does heaven. Money is a very important business in our lives because it runs this economy. Are you listening? Faith runs God's economy. Money runs this economy. And the Bible says much about it, Proverbs 24, 4. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Psalms 1, 12, 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Now, there's three perspectives that we're teaching. And I must confess, we were part of the first one. And that was, we grew up, we weren't taught anything. We just wasn't taught. Um, Daddy taught us to work, taught us to be men, taught us to act right, talk right, be right. But I can never remember him sitting down and saying, boy, now here's how you handle money. This what He did tithe. I watched him do it. But he never explained it to us. Never, we just never did learn. So I brought a family into the world. And guess what? We had to learn the hard way. Failed a lot. How many, how many is there? We had to learn the hard way. I had a good mom and daddy. Please don't boo me out. They, they, were, they were great. I loved them. But they just didn't teach us nothing about money. Didn't teach us how to handle money. And so, if you've been taught by somebody, uh, praise God for that. We wasn't. We had to learn the hard way. Man, we made so many bad mistakes, and his un- unbelievable. And uh, but we had to learn the hard way. So that that's the first group. The second group. The second group has been taught, but they've been taught wrong. Now they've been taught, but they've been taught. Either play the lottery, and I'm being honest with you, only a fool plays the lottery. Somebody will win a million dollar jackpot, but thousands and millions will lose money putting into it. It's it's fool's game. It's a fool's game. That's it's it's foolish. And uh, and some say Play the lottery. Then others have taught their children, you become tie-fisted, hold on to everything you got, and don't give nothing, don't give nobody nothing, and tie-fisted. Well, that's wrong too. 
Because then they love money more than they love anything else. And a lot of people have been brought up with the love of money. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be just going by as straight as I can be. If you live life to make money, you waste a life. You waste a life just to make money. Because one thing about it, you're not going to take it with you. And so, we fail to teach the next generation the biblical way to handle money. Now, the Bible says in Matthew 6, 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. I know how that is. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now we're getting into a realm of this. God says, the way you handle your money is to understand it is a gift, it is something God has given you to take care of your family, to use properly, but it's not to have your heart. Bible says in 1 Timothy, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Boy, that's good, isn't it? And they that will fall into riches, temptation, and a snare, and the many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money, not money itself, is the root of all evil, which some have coveted after. Notice the wording. Love of money, coveting, more, 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 it's never enough. Someone asked Henry Ford, worth several million dollars, he said, how much? He said, just another dollar, just another dollar, just another dollar, just another dollar. On his deathbed. He told the doctor, I'll give you a million dollars for every minute you can keep me alive. Doctor did not collect not one dime. Next second or two, he was gone. Nothing wrong with money. Money's a tangible thing. People get all up in the air about money. All right? It's amazing to me. I show you money and some of you get happy. You ain't been happy all night. You ain't smiled a bit all night. See, I'm, I've been known to take money out and just give it to people. See, some of you are you're paying attention now. <laughs> Money's just a tangible thing. But what we've got to do is teach our children. And yes, we've got to have money to live. We've got to pay our bills. We got, but may I say, it is to be used for God's glory and for the building of His kingdom. And when children, when they grow up, we... We have taught our children the, to tithe. We taught them when they was young. We give them a dollar and we tell them, say, now, how much of that belongs to God? They'd say 10 cents. That's right, 10 cents belongs to God. We teach our children that. You say, you, you teach our Yes, we do. We teach our children that. I want my children blessed, Amen. not cursed. Some of you are sitting right now, you've cursed your entire family, your whole life. You just cursed it. Because you held on to something, and here's what's amazing, you can't hold on to it. 
Years ago, I visited a lady in the hospital. She was dying. And I would tell you, the last thing they took out of her hands was her pocketbook. But they took it out of her hands. You see, we, it, it, it's not that, that we shouldn't have it or make it. It's, that's not the issue. It is, it can't have you. For some, people do anything for it. Why? Women have had their husbands killed for an insurance policy. I like these crime shows. I do. And, and boy, they, 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 a husband kills his wife or wife kills her husband. They start checking the insurance policies and chasing the money. And nine times out of ten, it's for an insurance policy. Wow. The love of money. The love of money. We ought to teach our children. Psalms 112, listen. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth, and the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Up to the upright there ariseth light in darkness. Notice, he is gracious, full of compassion, and righteous. Now don't do why. I just reminded. I went to visit a fellow in the hospital. And they brought flowers and set them down there for another patient. This man's sister come in, took the thing out of it, took him flowers right up in his room. Don't do that. That's, and she thought she's had compassion. That's not what he's talking about. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. Now notice, he would guide his affairs with discretion. Listen, you don't help an alcoholic by buying him another drink. You don't help a dope addict by buying him more dope. You don't help folks sometimes by giving them money. Sometimes you help them. But may I say this? Say this. If somebody's hungry, you got the means to feed them. You better feed them. Eddie can testify to this. I didn't understand it growing up. I'll be honest with you. But my daddy taught us something. If you had come to our house, never failed, never failed. When you got ready to leave, he'd say, do you like green beans? They'd say, well, yeah. He said, well, wait right here. He'd go out on the back porch and get a big half a gallon jar of green beans or two or three quarts of green beans, and he'd give them two or three quarts of green beans. He'd say, do you like pork chops? I said, yeah. He'd go out to the freezer and get some pork chops out and bring them. If you come to our house before you left, he would give you something. Now, as a little boy, I'd say, my God, they look, they're bigger than we are. We, why is he giving our food away? Why is he giving our food away? I didn't understand that. But now, I understand fully what he was doing. And he would do that. And he done that consistently. 
one year we planted a garden and we got done with it and we plowed it up and I was telling Dave this yesterday and we, we'd plant a garden it's about as big as this parking lot. It was big. And we sowed that thing in turnips and mustard and collards and I mean we had greens and Lord gosh we eat greens till we was green. Amen. We just eat greens and eat greens. And a family stopped by and said, Daddy, asked my daddy, said, Can, do you mind if we pick us a mess of greens? Dad said, well, you just have all of them you want. Well, we went, he went to work. We come in that evening, and they had come that day. They must have bought 25, 30 people, and they picked every green in the field. There wasn't none. We shouted. <laughs> and I, I still, to this day, I looked to my daddy, and I said, he said, well, I told them they could have all they wanted. And so they took all they wanted. I remember him saying that. What are we teaching? Say we need to teach our children about money. We need to teach our children they need to work for money. We, we don't, oh Lord God, you don't do your children a favor. Teach them this entitlement mentality that the world owes them something. The world doesn't owe them nothing. They need to learn to work. And they, I know this is old-fashioned, but they need to learn to work and earn their money for what they want. They don't need to be entitled to everything. Oh, we're, we're better to our kids than we need to be. And I understand that. But I'm going to tell you, even the smallest one can pick up the toys. Amen? Can do things for them. The, the worst thing you'll ever do is to raise a young man or a young lady that doesn't know how to work. Amen. Well, that was a good one, wasn't it? Amen. Someone said making money itself is, isn't hard in itself. What, what's hard is to earn it doing something worth devoting one's life to. May we teach our children, educate them on money. money. And then number three, may we educate our children on might. What do I mean? Proverbs 24 and 5, A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. Might is the ability to say no to the wrong crowd. Are you listening? Might is the ability to say no to the wrong crowd. Might is the ability to live for God in a wicked and perverse generation. Might is a fortitude to be faithful to your wife, provide for your children, and fear God in all that you do. That's might. That's might. Might is knowing your Bible and being able to produce biblical proof for what God said. Acts 18.24 And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, eloquent man, mighty in Scripture, came to Ephesus. Mighty in Scripture. David was known as a mighty man when he was just a young boy and demonstrated responsibility when doing his job. He said, Then one answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I've seen a son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite, that's cunning in playing, a mighty valiant man, a man of war, prudent in matters, a comely person, and the Lord's with him. 
Marty's ability to raise a generation of children up in the old paths. Marty's the skill to point our children and our kids to God. Psalms 127, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows in the hands of a mighty man, so are the children of youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Mighty is divine assistance in enabling us to live victorious over sin. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God pulling down strongholds. Mighty is the ability to lean on the great everlasting arm of an almighty God every day that we live. Zechariah 4, 6. Then answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord, and does Zerubbabel saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by, by spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Might. Might. It's not strength in a weight room or how much you can lift. It is the strength to do right even when you're having to stand alone. House that wisdom builds, educates on the morality, educates your children on money, and educates our children on might. We need to teach them why they shouldn't be the wrong crowd. We should teach them that they shouldn't be the wrong crowd. Sometimes we say, our kids go with the wrong crowd. They may be the wrong crowd. And we need to teach them. And we need to instruct them. And we, may we not leave that to somebody else. May we shoulder that burden. The house that wisdom builds, educates. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed.